Welcome to the Gore and More Podcast with your host TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gore More Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is your Dark Lord and Savior, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And Big Johnny D. What's going on, everybody? Today is June 10th, 2019, and we are reviewing Maniac. But before that, how was your week, Chad? Yeah, it was all right. Aside from work, you know, trying to get some schoolwork done and getting ready for my vacation here in two weeks. Going yeah, to- vacation. Yeah, going to Hilton Head. I've never been there before, and it's right nice. there. And it's right there where all the uh, the great whites are being spotted. So uh, I might not come back. <laughs> Rest in <laughs> peace, Chad. But it's hey, I love sharks, so that's kind of the way I'd want to go. There you go. Awesome. What about you, Johnny? Uh well, a little bit more work on the house. Opened up the pool finally, so threw a bunch of chemicals in there. Blah 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 blah. Uh, on the fun part, I finally fucking beat Mortal Kombat 11 story mode last oh, night. I actually God got enough time that. to sit down and do it. And bum, bum, holy bum, fucking bum. shit, let me just say, I was fucking fanboy in that whole last chapter of it. I don't want to fucking give any spoilers out for anybody, but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't oh really man, it was awesome. Speaking of video games, they announced a Turtles in Time one up box today. Yes, they did that. And uh, yeah, Marvel and the Marvel superheroes one, yeah. which I am more interested in myself. But I want, I want that to play the Punisher game. Ooh, yes. It has Marvel superheroes, X-Men, Children of the Atom and Punisher. And the Turtles one has the first two arcade games, Turtles and Turtles in Time. That's awesome. Yep. Totally worth the price. Uh, I interviewed Adam Marcus earlier today and Carl Winnery from Jason Rising. And then tomorrow I got Andrew Lightly from Never Hike Alone coming on. Those will be released over the next couple coming weeks for Gordon Moore. So there'll be lots of interviews. Uh, next, all the Monday, ladies are going to be all over that, that one. That is some hot shit. Next, <laughs> what's next Monday? <laughs> we will be reviewing The Fly with special guest Jason Brooks. You may know him as Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth Vengeance. That's going to be cool. That's going to be cool as hell. Uh, we're going to have those types of crossovers a lot because we'd be making friends in the industry. We'll be able to have cooler and cooler people come on to help us review flicks such as that. But Today is time. Wait, no, sponsor time. Let's get to our sponsors and be right back. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Gormore is brought to you in part by A New Kind of Fear Customs. Friday the 13th inspired custom gaming controllers, hockey masks, action figures, and more. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and at anewkindoffear.com. Do you like photography on Friday the 13th? Then check out 13 Gallows Lane. You can find them on Facebook at Gallo Goes to Hell, Twitter and Instagram at 13 Gallows Lane, and on Patreon at Emily Helene. Warning, some content not safe for work. Do you like horror movies collecting in enamel pins? Then check out Creative Terror Pins. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram and at creativeterrorpins.com. <coughs> Wait a fucking sneeze as soon as we start recording, dick. And we are back. I didn't sneeze. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> I coughed. Oh, shit. That was intense. Okay. Today we are reviewing 1980s Maniac, directed by William Lustig, written by C.A. Rosenberg and Joe Spinell, produced by William Garoni and William Lustig, 
starring Joe Spinell as Frank Zito, Caroline Monroe as Anna D'Antoni, Gail Lawrence as Rita, Kelly Piper as Nurse. Music by Jay Chataway. Cinematography by Robert Lindsay. Edited by Lorenzo Marinelli. Distributed by Analysis Film Releasing Corporation. Wow, it rolls right off the tongue. Doesn't it, though? Released on January 30th, 1981, with a runtime of 88 minutes. Budget of 350000 grossed $10 million. And roll that trailer! doors but you can't lock the madman out of your mind Excellent, excellent trailer. So, Chad, give Yo. us some rundown. Frank Zito, played by Joe Spinell, is an overweight, middle-aged Italian-American landlord of a small apartment complex in New York City. To most of his tenants, he seems like a nice enough guy. But underneath the shell of this man lies something more horrifying than they could imagine. As a child, Frank... Ron Jeremy stunt double. Didn't he look like him? He looked exactly like him. He fucking... That's what I thought the whole time. Like, dude, it's Ron Jeremy stuck double. Stuck cock. <laughs> I understood that reference. Yeah, you did. <laughs> fucking orgasmo, dude. <laughs> As a child, Frank was abused by his promiscuous mom, Carla, played by Nelia Backmeister. Now, as he stalks the streets at night, killing women, scalping them, and uses their scalps to decorate his rapidly growing collection of mannequins. He eventually becomes romantically involved with photographer Anna D'Antoni, who was way out of his league. But Frank is now coming into yeah. conflict with his other self. Will Anna save him from his long-term isolation, or will his madness ultimately consume him? Fuck. This movie is amazing. <laughs> uh, there is a 4K release of this. I can't remember who is makes there? it, but there is a 4K uh, scan of this for uh, 1080p Blu-ray. So hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's a crisp video we I, could watch. I, I want to say Blue Underground, but it could be Synapse Films, too. They also made Pieces, I think the same company did. Like the, uh, I'll have to look it up. Chad, talk about this film real quick. Okay, so my behind the scenes. Well, let me go to my notes first that I took while I was writing, yes. writing these down while I was watching it. Um, I thought it was a very realistic take on slashers. 
as opposed to the whole supernatural thing. This is more grounded in reality. Like this guy has remorse when he kills people like an actual person most likely would. Um, I said he's a psychopath, but he also put up a Christmas tree. Did anybody notice the Christmas tree <laughs> in his apartment? It's like a little yeah. foot tall Christmas tree, but he put up a Christmas tree. Uh, he had a nude pinup, but he ripped off the privates, so it's kind of uh, a little insight into his uh, into his dementia. There. Okay, and, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was like right behind his bed. He had like a pin, uh, like a Playboy pinup, but the the tits were ripped off, and so was the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also put there was a nice Empire Strikes Back glass on the table when he was packing up his uh, shotgun and everything. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't notice that, TJ. I didn't even notice. It was like one of those old Pizza Hut giveaways from like oh, 1980. No I'm like, shit, I think I might have that somewhere. Oh, my. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was really weird was the scene where he tracks down uh, the photographer. Okay, Blue Underground. Yeah, I was right. Um, he tracks her down. And she just lets him in. She's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? She wasn't. Dude, up. all right. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was bugging the hell out of me. It's like, yo, even if she didn't see him, like, look at his luggage, like just some random dudes. Like, hey, I saw you took a picture of me. Like, she didn't question that. By no, any she was means. like, oh, like, hey, I was just, I was just was. looking at your picture. <laughs> she was just like perfectly it's, fine. She didn't even question how he found her. Nope. None of it. It was really creepy. I mean. Maybe that's how people were in 1980, but I think even in 1980, that would have been creepy as fuck. Yeah, I'd say it right. was. But yeah, that, that that bothered me. And he was really charming with her, like when they're out to eat, when he's out to dinner. And I know, like, he researched a bunch of um, different actual serial killers. I'm guessing that was probably maybe a little Ted Bundy yeah. thrown in there. It was, yeah. very, it was very charming. And I still can't get over Like, he was, like, dating this girl that was way, way, way out of his league. Hey, man, it's not what you look like, dude. It's all about how you fucking walk, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. But that was some of the things I wrote down Uh, before I get my bed. Did you not know? Did you not have in your notes about the uh, his death at the end? About the inspiration for the scene of his death at the end from Dawn of the Dead. That is. Is that what you mean? uh, From the that idea is from a nightmare that tom savini used to have of his work coming to life and killing him no i, I didn't even oh that's, that's actually interesting yeah awesome. there you have something i didn't have written down i didn't yeah. find that in my research there was a special like documentary tv show thing that i watched it was and it was about tom savini and uh he said that about this film that he would have a reoccurring nightmare that he sometimes that his work would come to life and kill him in his sleep and that's how Frank dies. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, it's not really how he actually dies. No, he stabs himself. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, and he but did he die? Did he? Because his yeah. eyes opened up. Maniac 2. <laughs> Never got it. We got a fucking shitty remake, though. Uh, but let's, before we discuss the back to behind the scenes, let's, yes. uh, let's, let's discuss the movie further. What did we like and what didn't we like? I know, TJ, you're big into this movie. Yes. Uh, I love how it's not your typical slasher because it shows so much of the killer. Right. It's seen basically, it's his story. It's his point of yes. view. And you end up feeling for him at times. And then sometimes you're just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is he doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, <laughs> it's disturbing even to this day. 
the way he is. And the portrayal of Frank by Joe is just out of this world. The music sets the tone. There's a creepiness and like the lighting aids to that so much. That's what I thought really was like the lighting. It's like the dark seedy underbelly of new york city you you don't see like the city you don't see the big Times square or anything you just see the back alleys and the really grimy subways and shit and he kills people in a variety of different ways which i didn't quite get that's not your typical serial killer they usually they have a they have a type they have a way they like to kill and they have a certain type of woman or whatever that they go after he was kind of all over the place there yeah uh, I think he just, I mean, he had an arsenal of weapons. Johnny, what are you going to say, man? No, I was going to say, like, I mean, I know he didn't have, like, necessarily one, like, specific type of woman. But, I mean, he did kind of all have the same pattern of, like, the whole idea was just to kill him, to scalp him. Like, whatever, essentially the way I took it as any woman he saw essentially represented his mother to him. Oh, that's exactly So that's why he's fucking like just tweaked out and was like ah, that's, fucking kill that's, him. That, that's why I and then for some reason goes and like lays next to the thing so that kind of makes me wonder like what the fuck was he doing with his mom as well like that kind of raises some other questions but yeah yeah uh this the whole movie's great the story's great the effects are absolutely amazing uh savini did the effects right chad yes he did uh savini being in this movie helps also uh I don't know. Some of the scenes, like, they seem like they were cheap. I mean, the film was shot for next to nothing. Right. But it's pulled off so well, you wouldn't be able to tell. And like Chad and I said about the lighting of the film, and that could be for budgetary constraints or for artistic direction. I I don't know. Whatever whatever way it it happened, uh, it paid off for sure. This film is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I have a Maniac t-shirt, and I quite frequently refer to this as one of the top movies I'm always watching or always thinking about. It's just really stayed with me since I really got into uh, these slasher films. Uh, Chad, Johnny. Yeah. Well, I will say, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chad. After you go ahead. All right. Well, I will say, uh, I'm glad you actually picked this movie, dude, because I've never personally seen it. However, I've always like, you know, I mean, I've seen it there, but I've never walked and watched it. And, um, I'll say is like, okay, my wife, she likes horror, but she's not like the three of us. Yeah. So to her, it was kind of a slow burn. And I like watching it with her so I can get kind of that, you know, I'm like, hey, what, what you know, what's your take on it? And I can admit, like, you know, it, it's older, mm-hmm. you know, they're still feeling their things. Like you guys said, cheaper budget. Um, so it was really hard to see in some scenes and like the really dark scenes and stuff. Maybe the Blu-ray would be a lot cleaner. Yeah. And we'll have those. to pick one of those up just to see. We'll take screen grabs and throw them on the internet. <laughs> right. But it was, no, man, it was a, like, it was a great fucking movie. It, it kind of almost reminded me like it had elements of psycho to me, uh, just with the whole, like, you know, obsessed with his mother and things like that. Uh, the effects obviously being Savini were great and, not to like jump ahead, but that hands down was literally my favorite fucking kill because that was just, <laughs> I mean, how could it easily not, dude? Like that was, that whole thing was fucking great. Like, but it was, no, it was just, I still, it, it was really good. I, and I liked that you did, you were more enveloped with the serial killer. Like he didn't seem just your, your typical, like, oh, he's just a bad guy. It's like, no, man, this dude's like got fucked up trauma. 
I'm not saying like he's right in anything he does. He's still a fucking psychopath, but like lets you understand, you can at least more. understand. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. That's, that's why I said, you know, he's very remorseful. Like he kills that hooker at the beginning and he goes and throws <laughs> up in the toilet. Um, what was it when he, he killed, um, Rita, he cries. Like he's, he's crying like tears, <laughs> like they're falling on her face. It was, it was pretty brutal and really, uh, this portrayal is, is intense. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, it was definitely, it was really good. Um, when, how we talked about her just letting him in. Yeah. Wasn't there a part earlier in the movie, like in almost in the beginning where he was reading the paper and there was the article about him killing the people on the beach? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> theoretically, she should know there's a fucking murderer out there at this time, and she's just letting this fucking dude. But what are the think, odds that well, the specific guy's that murderer? Well, obviously, in this movie, hundred percent. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the whole Ted Bundy thing all over again. Yeah. You know, there's a killer out there, but this guy's charming. You know, right? So, what's your big question for this film, Johnny? Ah, <sighs> my big question. Well, there was a few of them, but uh. I guess is why the fuck did we never get a sequel to this? Because clearly he was alive at the end. And I think it would have been awesome if they went somewhere. Think about when this came out and how many other slasher films are coming out. Yeah, that's true. I just lost. I guess like this one. Honestly, I mean. And you're talking like 1980s, dude, for this, I feel like the poster stands out alone to most of them. Yeah. So I feel like that would have helped it. And the fact that like, I know uh, I read somewhere, uh, I think it was like Cisco and Ebert. They were like, oh, fucking boo-hooey against it, which I figured, you know. Oh, yeah. That, that, like, that's in my, that's they, in my behind the They scenes, put so. it down like a bunch of like, you know, younger people. And everything. I'm like, fuck that. We're going to go see this movie. Like, but. Well, I'll tell you what, though, for what it was filmed for and as much as it brought in, that's a huge success. Yes. Right. Douche of the movie. You know, we, st- we still completely skipped uh, the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, we're, we're we're all out of order here. Okay, so my behind the scenes stuff um, <laughs> said the uh, the filmmakers didn't always have the proper permits to film in New York City, so some of the scenes, including the shotgun through the windshield scene, had to be filmed quickly, and the crew had to run before the cops showed up. <laughs> that's uh, that's that, awesome. They call that guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. To keep costs down, uh, they used porn actresses to play some of the victims and other minor roles. There we go. The, links links yeah. anybody no. I, I would have to look that up it, 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 there wasn't any names mentioned probably, probably a lot of hair in 16 millimeter films uh, <laughs> yeah man what was a film in like 79 so yeah you're right there's probably some uber bush but the dummy used for the exploding head scene was used extensively by savini for scenes in dawn of the dead uh by the time they were done with uh, maniac that it was so saturated with fake blood he retired it and he walked <laughs> he walked it in the trunk of the car using the shotgun scene and sunk it in the East River. Jesus no God. shit. Yeah. Um, another Pretty interesting thing. Badass. You guys may have noticed this or may not. The headless corpse in the end when they all come back to attack him. Pamela Voorhees. What? That is the you, Pamela that is I the- was going to ask that because yep. it looked very similar. And yep. I was just like, well, did they fucking... Literally use the same thing, or did they just kind of copy it to, like, you know, Savini did the the first Friday the 13th, so he had it. Yeah, that was the same one. Mm. And the helicopter shots are from another movie called Inferno. No shit. Yeah, and uh, another interesting thing um, Dario Argento was going to produce this film, 
on the condition that his wife star in it. She had to back out at the last minute because Inferno was filming at the same time this was. Oh, okay. So, so she would she would have been um, the photographer. Oh, okay. So you know, oh, nice. So if Argento would have been producing, there would have been a huge budget. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had a unique ad campaign in New York City. They set up these mini screen kiosks kiosks outside of the theaters that were showing the film, and they would show several minutes of the uncut footage, including a lot of the gory scenes. So of course, Gene Siskel condemned that on his show which led to backlash against the film, and they canceled the plans to do that in the bigger markets. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that would have been really cool. Yeah. You're walking past a theater, and you see all this gory shit. Free sample! Free sample! That is a free sample. <laughs> People would have been like, holy yo, shit. Yo, that would have got my ass in yeah. from fucking there. And they're like, yo, come and watch this movie. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, sign me up. <laughs> right? That would That's a good marketing right there. Uh, it was never given a rating by the MPAA because the filmmakers knew it would get the dreaded X rating, so they refused to submit it for any kind of review because at the time, it was easier for a theater to show an unrated film than an X-rated film because X-rated usually meant porn Yeah, back in the 80s. So that's why you know, there's no rating on it. Um, Michael, Sam- Michael Sambello recorded a version of his song Maniac as the title track for this. It was never released, and the lor- lyrics were lord and violent reflections of the movie. But it caught the attention of the producers who got him to record a different version that was used in the movie Flashdance. And it became a number one hit. What? The song Maniac. Uh, wait, wait. How the hell did you go from this to fucking Flashdance? <laughs> the funny thing is, there is, um, not on Spotify, on Slacker Radio, they did this countdown of top movies from 80s teen movies. And they mentioned that there's a rumor the song Maniac was written for the movie Maniac, but changed. That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> If they had a killing montage of him running around New York, <laughs> women with his mom, I would have. This would have been my hands down favorite new movie. I would have fucking told everybody to watch it. <laughs> Play this in the subway. Oh my scene. god, dude. the subway scene. <laughs> <laughs> She's running oh, over his shoulder. He's like, that shit. I was so bad. That'd be fucking cool. The whole subway scene. It would be perfect. It would fit. He's pulling cool. video footage and it's Song, baby. Yeah, she's dancing like she's never 
Legendary. That was great. Oh, oh my God. We're going to make that a thing. That was so good. <laughs> Just when the singer went, ah! <laughs> he ran her through with the sword. She screamed. <laughs> so who was the douche of the movie? Ooh. The cops at the end. <laughs> yep. There you go. His mom. Oh, that's a good His one. His mom. Yeah. That, yeah. You know what? Probably. She's the whole actual like cause of the whole thing. So. <laughs> We just had a flash dance sidebar. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> another thing here. Um, they only had since they only had one chance to film the shotgun scene. Yes, Savini insisted that he be the one pulling the trigger because they had to get it just perfectly. Yeah. So he had to, he insisted he do the shotgun scene. He thought it was kind of weird that he was blowing up his own head. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, though, dude. Yeah. Like, who can say that? It's yeah, I shot myself. Fucking Savini. <laughs> Okay, uh, so that to our questions. What was everybody's favorite kill? Well, it's going to be the shotgun scene for all of us. Has to be. Oh. Yep. I like the strangulation kill. That was insane. And that was that was that it, made me the think, one in the beginning. Yeah. On that, the beach. No, no, no. Wait. No, that, no. In the, the, the hooker. The hooker. That made me think of the burning. Oh. That made me think of the burning. Yeah. He stabbed the hooker. It was that. It just that realistic. It was very realistic. Very. Uh, Disturbing as well. Yes. Uh, John, you're sticking with the shotgun? Are we doing best hits? <laughs> Don't jump ahead, John. Stay with us. Sorry. We're still, favorite we're still kill. favorite kill. Uh, favorite kill. Yeah, dude. Shotgun, man. Like that, that was just fucking dope. Yeah, it's, like, it's classic Savini gore. Yeah, like that was... This, if you were nodding off in that movie, that would fucking bring you right fucking back. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? There's a reason that is the first scene they show in the trailer because it hooks you in. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see that and you're like, holy shit, I got to see this movie. <laughs> What's the best scene? I like the uh, inner monologuing scene, honestly, as, uh, you know, there wasn't like a lot going on. But when he was kind of like inner monologuing, but it, talking to the camera at the same time, like, I don't know. I like that. That was like, he just threw you really in his psyche and like showed you who he was and shit. Uh, mm. I like the scene whenever he's preparing his work after he scalps that girl comes home and like changes out the scalps and stuff with the new mannequin. I thought that was very fucked up and uh, very graphic, but yet also a very in big insight into his life and his methods. I think my favorite scene was the cemetery where he finally just breaks down at his mother's grave and just loses it. And she finally catches on and hits him with a shovel and runs off. I thought that was a really good, really well done scene. Yeah, dude, like he snapped fast in that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, dude. There wasn't even like there. Was, it was just like, and snap. Here we go. Like it. Like if they wouldn't have stopped at the cemetery, she probably would have. Been safer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely being in his mother's grave. Just pushed him over the edge for that scene. Just him sitting there right. crying. Mm -hmm. Uh, did the opening scene. That was fucking in? awesome. Yeah, it was uh, the opening scene. The strangulation on the beach. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Insane. Well done. So dark, too. And the scene with him stalking them like that, the whole POV shot, that was inspired by Jaws. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was intentional. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. So that was like the whole, that whole just beginning beach scene then was just an homage to that then? Yeah, because, uh -huh. you know, essentially, you have the shark that's a violent predator of the sea and this guy who's a violent predator just killing mercilessly. 
For sure. Chad, next? Uh, best tits slash hottest girl. Anna. She was the hottest. Rita. Yeah. It was the only tit Rita, Rita was the only... We yeah. saw Bush, too. When she's getting into the bathroom. Yes, that's what we did. We have Bush! <laughs> and it looked surprisingly well trimmed for that time. <laughs> and Bush Light. Yeah, Bush Light. <laughs> you got blood in your hair. You got blood in your hair. <laughs> uh, Did the score set the mood? Absolutely. It was haunting as fuck. Yeah, I liked it. Sweet little synth score. Yeah, dude, it was dope. It was uh, it was pure 80s, man. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So best song. We only really got one song that was during the photography scene. So I think I'm going to pick for best song. Maniac. <laughs> yeah, Maniac. <laughs> now knowing what we know, it's yep. got to be Maniac. <laughs> I, there has got to be somewhere. I agree. There's got to be somewhere out there that that original version exists. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We gotta try and track that down. We'll make it happen. So, favorite character? Uh Frank. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like he's really the only other character that, besides uh, his girlfriend, there that you actually really get to like know. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. else is pretty much just one-offs, so. Yeah, you kind of get the feeling that he didn't have a lot of uh, interaction with people anyway. I think that kind of was what they were going for. That's why there was so few main roles. Yeah. Well, his apartment was like an eight by eight room, dude. It's not like you can bring a lot of people over. And, shit. and it was about his story. And most of the movie takes place inside of his mind. So, yeah, it did. Yeah, there's a lot of inner monologuing going on there. Um, so was it scary? Yes. For a first time watch, it was uh, scary for me. Yeah, the idea is terrifying. I don't it's know unsettling. if the movie itself is particularly I would say it's scary. Yeah, but it's, yes, I would right, say more unsettling that. than scary. I liked it, but it's not something. Well, it might be the type of thing that would give me nightmares, but it's not something that's going to keep me awake at night. <laughs> Does it hold up today? Yes and no. Yes, I mean, I yes, yes, because the because the serial killer, or there's, they exist. And this gives you a little, uh, a little insight into their world, but, but some of the things, like I said, with her just letting him into her apartment, that could never happen today. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Johnny, um, I think it, it like I agree. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like, I loved it for the whole serial killer aspect and everything. But honestly, the I mean, just because it was, you know, cheaper and everything like that, it was kind of hard to watch. But if you and I know they've made a remake and I haven't watched that, but if it was almost like a shot for shot, but, you know, just with new film and everything, dude, I think it'd be fuck. I think it does. But that was really my thing is like sometimes it's just the shit was really hard to see everything like that were like I said, you know, the Blu-ray might help on that. But I agree. Uh, was the acting good or bad? Amazing. Acting was amazing. Especially by Joe Spinell. Yeah, aside from, <laughs> aside, from, I mean, aside from him and the girl, it was mostly just porn actresses. So there was only really... They're, they're used to putting on a show. So. <laughs> but not very convincing. Right. I wonder if the one chick that he actually took up that he like was like, yo, posed like a model. Like, I wonder if that was actually a porn actress or was that just a normal actress? I have no I would say she was probably one of the porn stars. Yeet. That was my guess. Because the only ones that 
The only ones that aren't, I think, are him. Was her name Anna? Yeah. Anna, yeah. And Rita. I think they're about, Rita. The only, they're about the only legit actresses through the whole movie. And Savini. Yeah, but he- <laughs> That's true. He's still Sex Machine. I love his um, name in the... I love no. It's Disco Boy. Disco Boy, yeah. His name <laughs> like, that's the a Disco Boy. Name in the movie. That's awesome. Disco Boy and Disco Girl. So he went from Disco Boy to Sex Machine. <laughs> sure. Right. I watched a movie the other day called Effects that he's in. It, uh, it's I'm, on Shutter. I've never seen that. It's on Shutter. Watch it. It's pretty good. Uh cinematography. Yeah. Uh absolutely. Yeah, that was very well done. Uh, for the budget, is yeah. seemed it made it seem professional as fuck, very artsy. Yeah, I think it worked really well. Yes, it had a bit of a grindhousey kind of feel. Like I, I said, it, it kind of had a little bit of a Fulci feel to it too, as far as well everything about the movie felt kind of like an Italian giallo movie. Okay. Yeah, that's how I felt too, which I honestly kind of like looked into to see if it was, and I kind of surprised it wasn't. But premise. Yeah, great, great premise. Amazing premise. I mean, it got remade, so somebody likes it. With Elijah Wood. <laughs> Old Frodo. Has, have, have either of you seen that? I have not. No. So. So, our hmm. rating for Maniac 1980, I will be giving it a 4.5. Out of five, Chad, I'll give it a three point five. It, it was it. I think I was expecting something go a, little, a little bit more frightening. Oh, sorry, Chad. Go, so yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, it maybe it was a little overhyped to me by everyone that has seen it. The kind of, but it was really good. I'll give it a three and a half. <coughs> Johnny, uh, I'm gonna go actually a three point five as well, man. I liked it a lot. Um, like I said, it, it felt a little slow burn, but at the same time, man, like if you can get into the killer and like his head and stuff like that, like, dude, it's an awesome movie. That is uh, an average score. I would of like to actually check 8. it out on Blu ray. Yeah, um, for sure. It'd be, it's a good watch. Like I said, uh, 3.8 is the average Gormore score for Maniac 1980. Next week, we will have The Fly. Chad, do you want to talk about Steel City Con? About our big uh, booth and everything. Our big booth. Yeah, uh, pretty much the whole Dubac Discussion Network is going to be present at Steel City Con. A, what's the weekend? August 7th? 9th through 11th. 9th through 11th. Okay, so we'll be having a booth there. We will have t-shirts. We're trying to get pins made. We will have different <coughs> memorabilia autographed by people we've interviewed and such. And we're going to be I, I I personally would like to do maybe a live stream from there. Um, but come say hi to us, you know, come bid on some stuff, buy some stuff. All of our proceeds are going to be going to the Shriners Children's Hospital. And our donation is going to be matched by Friday the 13th Vengeance, our good friends at Friday the 13th Vengeance and Microsoft. So even just come out, even if you just. Want to donate? That'd be perfect. You know, kick in a few bucks, help some people out. The Shriners Children's Hospital its a fantastic charity, and we'd like to give them every dollar we can. As of today, we are talking with Kane Hodder and CJ Graham, who both might help out with the booth. That would be phenomenal. 
and that just means that we really, 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 really got to try and get CJ Graham just to stick it to a certain person. <laughs> TJ knows who I mean. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think John Dranscock knows also. Uh, <laughs> also, John, bit. you want to talk about the podcast network? Try to get you guys all in on this. Hello, Johnny. I'm sorry. What was that? But you want to talk about <laughs> yeah, like the podcast network? Out. Yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Gore, you can find Gormore and other podcasts like this on the Dubac Discussion Network. Uh, where you can find the Dubac Discussion podcast all about Star Wars and other Star Wars related geek things. <laughs> sorry, I'm not a Star Wars guy at all. I, uh, <laughs> but it's still a great podcast. We also have the uh, Hall of Heroes and Heroes. about superhero news, <laughs> comics, all that good things. And uh, obviously us, Gormore. We have two new podcasts that just started. Yep. Uh, TJ, if you'd like to introduce them. We have your babies. the Rabbit Hole Podcast, hosted by yourself and the legendary Mick Strawn, where each week we will venture down the proverbial rabbit hole on a different topic, which we choose. Uh, you will get lost for a very fucking long time down the rabbit hole. So buckle up and prepare for some weird shit. I still can't believe we got Mick Strawn to to do a podcast with us. It went from doing an interview. Now he's doing a full on podcast. That is phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. Right. Yeah, that was pretty awesome, man. And then just recently added the first episode was dropped on Sunday is the Jerk the Curtain podcast. Your premier wrestling podcast for retro match reviews and promos. Hosted by yours truly and our sponsor, Corey Kaufman. That is a fun, fun show to run. Uh, what we got? Gormore, all of your. Yeah, we got all the shows there. Uh, there's one in the works, too. I don't know if you want to talk about that yet. The sports one? The sports one. Uh, Chad, do you know anything about that other than. I don't know much about it. That's more. You know, the other guys, I know there's an upcoming. Keep listening, guys. we got an upcoming sports show coming up. Um, hold on a second. What's the name of it again? I'm sorry. It's going to be the Dubak Sports. It's Dubak Sports Network. Uh, yeah, Dubak Sports Podcast, right. which it'll be essentially. Uh, we have Dubak Sports articles now on the website. Uh, there will be a podcast accompanying it coming soon. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Our new writer, Brandon Studenheimer, uh, runs it. And he's an awesome writer. Very, very awesome. But also visit DoBackDiscussion.net for all things geekdom, fandom, and more. Also, visit our Tee Public store for a Rabbit rabbit Hole podcast t-shirt, Doback Discussion t-shirt, Raylo Trash, Goran Moore. Pick up your sweet Goran Moore. Uh... Excellent, excellent stuff. But I think that's all for this episode of the Gore and More podcast. What I do just you before we sign off, yes. I just want to tell everyone: make sure you check out Swamp Thing on the DC Universe app while it's still there. Yes, it got canceled. Give it a shot. You know, it's going to be ten episodes. Don't don't go in with the idea. Oh, it's it's going to be it's canceled. Why should I bother? Give it a chance. It's Swamp Thing. It's horror. We got to support this because there's still a chance it could come back. I, from what I understand, um, AT&T bought 
Time Warner out recently, and that could be a huge factor as to whether or not we get more. From what I from what I've been reading, the DC Universe app might be going away and rolled into <laughs> this whole inclusive AT and T streaming service. So Fuck. make sure you give it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> TJ's thinking, what the fuck am I paying for this for then? <laughs> Fuck. But definitely, definitely give Swamp Thing a chance. I haven't had a chance to watch any of the episodes yet. I know you guys have. Incredible I, show. I, Incredible. I love Swamp Thing. I've been a big Swamp Thing fan since 1987 when I saw it for the first time, the first movie on WGN. And I was like, 11 years old. Loved it. The first episode surprised me. The effects are top fucking notch. The CG work is top notch. It's fucking scary at times. And that the ending of episode one is just fucking mind blowing. What do you think, Dranscock? I liked it a lot, man. It was fucking. Dude, it was it was definitely horror. Like yeah. if you like horror and I mean, don't even think of it as like superheroes and shit like that. Just straight up watch it like that dude it was great like i'm probably gonna go watch the second episode after this <laughs> he's hyped <laughs> he's fucking hyped i am i'm so hyped for a fucking canceled show god damn it <laughs> but hopefully like you said hopefully if enough of us fucking watch it they'll be like oh people actually want to see this shit we'll use our platform to make sure that, that happens we'll absolutely <laughs> that's that's what we're here for right <laughs> uh anything else next week the fly watch out for a bunch of fucking interviews it's gonna be freaking awesome i can't wait for the fly i haven't seen that in a while i love that movie and i next month is gonna be huge for us uh i got somebody signed up which i'm not gonna announce yet but these boys know what i'm talking about it's something that's a really big personal goal of mine that i finally achieved and i'm gonna ask the best questions for this guy (laughs) let me tell you what also we're in talks with douglas tate you may know him as uh, the Jason from Freddy vs. Jason at the end of the movie who comes out of the water holding Freddy's head. Also know him, know him as the Jack Link Sasquatch. <laughs> uh, cool dude. We're going to schedule him to come on next month as well. Uh, and the mystery awesome special guest also messaged another guy that played that same character as him about coming on in part eight of this series. So if we could get double... We can make that that month themed or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just like just like Dutch in Red Dead Redemption 2, we have a plan. (laughs) We have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) But there'll be a new episode of Going More Friday uh, next Monday, next Friday. Uh, I don't know how long I can keep this up. Slamming podcasts, but... Well, you're not you're not Fuck allowed it. to abandon Goremore. No, can't abandon Goremore. That's, that's your baby. That's that's our. Yes, we have grown something truly amazing. Would you like to discuss our uh, subscriber numbers? Uh, I just checked and we're at 1059 uh, weekly. Yeah. And that's up from like 700. Yeah. <laughs> le- like not even a month ago. Yeah. So that means a thousand and fifty nine people last week tuned in. I think it might have something to do with that mixed drawn guy. That was I'd, on here. I'd say <laughs> it might have something to do with I think, that. I think they might have listened to that and they're like, hey, these guys are pretty cool. And we've done a lot of interviews since then. Uh, we've produced a lot of content, a lot of off the wall. We, we did three episodes in four days or something like that. 
content, content, content. We need to make a Patreon. People would love that shit. Maybe just five-second vid- videos of Dranscock walking around his basement in his Freddy versus Jason costume, breathing real heavy. Uh, hey, y'all. I'll do it, too. Or, or you eating a, uh, <laughs> make our premium Snapchat videos of you eating Hot Pockets shirtless. Uh, <laughs> for $15 a month. That could be dangerous, man. <laughs> that could be dangerous. <laughs> I mean, dangerous for him and those hot pockets. They go from yeah. ice cold to lava in like five seconds. Fucking true. Right. Well, like, yo, man, like, it's like you, you get one of those ends that just drip on your fucking nipple, dude. It's fucking done, bro. You know, scream like a girl. Fuck yeah. But that's all we have for today. Uh, that's TJ Bowser signing off. Chad Chrisman signing off. Big Johnny D saying, see you later. Yeah.